1: well howdy there internet people it's Bo again and today we are going to be talking with kim kelly one of the interesting people we're going to have on the channel and she has some news for us kim why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself
0: hello thanks so much for having me it's great to meet you guys my name's kim i live in south philadelphia i'm from the middle of nowhere new jersey Um, Let's see, I'm a freelance or independent labor reporter, however you want to say that. I used to be the heavy metal editor at Vice up until 2019 when I got laid off, and by then my interests had shifted so much through the course of unionizing at Vice that I was like, you know what, maybe I'll just jump into this whole other world and see how that works out. And so far, so good. You know, I've been reporting on all kinds of strikes and organizing campaigns, and I have a book coming out in April. And pre-orders go live for that on Thursday. You can find more about that on my Twitter or my Patreon, Patreon, however you say that. But um, yeah, I'm a little, obviously this past year I haven't really been anywhere, but I spent a lot of time in Alabama and literally only Alabama <laughs> since February. And I've been focusing my reporting work on all kinds of interesting things that are happening there. And I'm excited to tell you guys all about it.
1: Okay, so her Twitter handle is at Grim Kim, right? Yep,
0: yeah, college radio DJ name that will never die.
1: Nice, <laughs> and uh, and then you have what's what's the name of the book?
0: It's called "Fight Like Hell: The, unho- the Untold History of American Labor." So you can oh. guess what it's about.
1: Nice. Okay, <laughs> so what were you doing in Alabama?
0: Well, I first went down there in February because this digital media outlet, More Perfect Union had reached out to me and said, you know, there's, you know, we noticed that there's this Amazon uh, warehouse full of workers who are trying to organize and trying to unionize down there. And we think that's going to be kind of interesting. Do you want to go down there and do some video content for us? And at first I was like, ah, I don't know about all that because I'm not really a video guy, or at least up until that point, hadn't been a video guy, I'm a writer. But I thought it was a really important story. And I was like, you know what? screw it. Let's go see what's going on. So I went down there for about a month, two weeks, a while. I was down there for a while. And I think I was probably one of the first, if not the first meeting people down there. And so I had a lot of time to get to know folks who were organizing, get to know the workers, get to know the union people and get really invested. And I ended up going back again for another couple of weeks later in that campaign when things were heating up. And then, once their election had concluded and it became pretty apparent that they're going to need to appeal and rerun it because Amazon's union busting campaign was, well, if you've got the richest guy in the world at the helm, you can get away with a lot of dirty, which they did. So I went back down there a third time because they're having kind of a campaign closing rally and I wanted to see my friends. And while I was there, I heard, I knew kind of in the back of my head that there was a coal miner strike happening about. 16 miles outside of Bessemer in Brookwood in a, in a more rural area. And, uh, my friend Chris, who was down there documenting the Amazon stuff from the jump. You're like, Oh, let's, let's go out there. Let's, let's get some Krispy Kremes. Let's bring some donuts out and go say hi and just support the workers on the line. And we went out there and got, and got to know some folks there. And I was so interested in what was going on that I ended up, getting even more invested and I've been back there two more times since just to report on what's happening and work on this mini documentary series on it for the real news and I'm just man I'm all in like I, I text a bunch of them why we have like a group chat like I'm it's a big part of my life at this point and um yeah, it's been a while. It's funny because literally Alabama is the only other place I've gone besides my South Philly neighborhood since like early 2020, and uh, I, I'm I'm not I'm hoping I get to go back soon. It gets really hot there though, so we'll see. I'm just hoping if everything wraps up and they win a good contract and everyone's good, but if I have to go down there and sweat myself again, I will happily do it.
1: All right, and the. Uh... So tell us about the situation at the mine, because our viewers are familiar with it. We we covered it a little bit, and I actually was trying to get up there to uh, their fundraiser and, and couldn't. So we had to do everything online. But so they're probably very curious about what's going on and what's happening next.
0: Right. So you no, I didn't know the basics. Since April first, eleven hundred coal miners at Warrior Met Coal in Brookwood, Alabama, have been out on strike—an unfair labor practices strike, basically because the company was not bargaining in good faith. They're working on a new contract because their previous contract, which is terrible, which they only accepted because the mine had gone into bankruptcy right before Warrior Met came in, and they were kind of presented with this you know, devil's bargain of like, look here's the contract we're going to offer you. Once we get on our feet and make some profits and get established, we'll take care of you. And they took it. And five years later, that is not what's happening. So these folks have been on strike for a very long time now. I think it's, let's see, April, May, June. We're in the middle of July, three and a half months, three and a half months. And it's been getting pretty ugly. You know, uh, there hasn't been a ton of mainstream media coverage of it lord knows i've been trying I've <laughs> it's kind of become my personal crusade in a way to get people to pay attention to this strike but it's been difficult and these folks are kind of you know you're never on your own in the labor movement you know labor leaders and rank and file folks from across the country and in the community have been pitching in and sending in donations and coming up to rallies they've built a really robust really mutual aid network specifically the auxiliary which is primarily the spouses and retired members have built up a really formidable strike pantry and they've been feeding people and getting school supplies for kids and taking care of pregnant people it's been really beautiful but the company has seen this and you know they a lot of folks down there the way that they describe it is you know warrior Met's trying to starve us out you know they brought in scabs they have management and bosses working inside the mines which i'm sure has been a rude awakening for them they have engaged private armed security to patrol the picket lines and keep an eye on things. They're flying drones over the picket lines. and The most sobering and really horrifying aspect of the company's participation, their attitude towards the strikers, has been this really, really awful uptick in violence, and specifically in vehicular attacks. I think we are now up to four four instances of cars and trucks being driven into the picket lines and, you know, hitting people or hitting burn barrels that fly into people. And folks have been sent to the hospital. You know, the most recent incident, a coal miner's wife was hit and she was injured. And (laughs) the thing about that that kills me is that she, her husband about a a few weeks ago, he was hit too and went to, the, to his hot the. <laughs> he had to go to the hospital for a torn meniscus. So like this entirely entire family is hurting, and there's a lot of these families, and you know, it's been uh, the the vehicular attack part has been hard for me, just as someone who's invested and who cares about these folks, and since and also as someone who was at Charlottesville's Unite the Right rally in you know 2017 and barely made it out alive. Just seeing this tactic that has been embraced by fascists, seeing it used pretty much with impunity by these company bosses and company employees against these striking workers. It's just, it sends a chill down your spine. And I don't know how I worry about what's going to happen because these picket lines, it's not, you know, there's 1,100 workers, that's a lot of people, but the company, early on, they acquired a, an injunction from the court that restricted the amount of people that are allowed on the line. At first it was six, and they got it up to 10. That's still not very many. And the line itself, it's not, you know, one of those big, continuous, like, signs-up, triumphal-looking picket line.
1: Okay, and we are back after a uh, short technical interruption. For once, it wasn't my internet out in the boonies that crashed, but we are back right now. Um, so you were at the part where you were telling us what the line looks like and how it may not be what we are picturing.
0: Right. So when you hit the words picket line, there's this idea of a literal line of people walking around in a circle, holding up signs in front of a business or some kind of other establishment, right? That's not what it looks like in Brookwood at the war Met Strike. Uh, the Warrior Met coal mine is very big there's multiple entrances there's not a lot of through traffic you know not people that will drive by and see you on the line but it's not quite the same thing as what you might be used to seeing in a town or a bigger city there are 12 different outposts that are scattered around the outside of the mine you know covering all the entrances and because there's a court injunction thanks to the company, there aren't, you know, big groups of people out there. They, there could be, because there's 1,100 people on strike, but because of this injunction, there are only legally allowed to be 11 people on, or uh, no, 10 people on the line, on in each, you know, in each section. And, oh, actually, you know, I should, that might not even be, I should, you're editing this stuff, right?
1: Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> well, definitely.
0: Okay, So I'm just thinking about it, it was like, this is, like, I'm just talking to you, but I'm just thinking, like, there's an injunction that says you can only have 10 people on the line. And I'm thinking back to who, you know, because I visited a bunch of these different little stations, and there's never 10 people on them. So maybe it is 10 people total for all of those different outposts, which is even more fucked up than I thought. Man, I worry about the worst. <laughs> <laughs> You you can even keep that in me just like thinking through this but yeah that's I mean it makes sense and a lot of folks have had their spouses and their families come out to support because I don't think they're technically fall under the injunction because they're not employees they're not part of the union but the more that happens and I, one of um the women i talked to a lot Hayden she was telling me that you know they've had t ball games out there people bringing the kids out and having families there and it's it's really nice atmosphere i've been down there a few times and you know brought treats and talked to the the guys the people sitting there but you know they i already mentioned the vehicular attacks but just the contrasting that environment and that scene of like kids playing t ball and coming out to see their dads and their moms in the picket line with the idea of these truck attacks, like there's kids out there, you know, the the company has really shown no interest in recognizing that, you know, it's not just the strikers who they're attacking, it's potentially their families as well. Like, as I said, a, a person's wife was just hit. She's not in the union. She doesn't work at Warrior Met, but she was targeted by association. And, you know, she's, she's paid the price for supporting her husband, supporting her you know, her union family. So it's, it's pretty wild, you know, when you don't have cell phone service and these things are happening, that can be pretty scary. Like if I had, if my person was on strike and they're out on the picket line and I knew this was going on, I would be sitting at home terrified, just hoping that they make it home safe, which is something that, you know, if you're married to a coal miner, that's a feeling you're already accustomed to, but this is a whole other level.
1: Right. Right. And I've seen some of the some of the incidents that have been caught on film and it isn't, you know, when you're watching something like this, they can always frame it. Well, this was an accident. This wasn't. Uh, it, It seems really hard to do that in these cases.
0: Yeah, it's literally like it's you can't turn it up like a big black pickup truck driving into a line of people driving off of a road turning off of the road specifically to drive into these people and when they feel the impact and see a person in front of the windshield continuing to drive yeah i don't think you can spin that
1: right it, it, it's gonna be real hard because eventually all of this stuff's gonna end up in court and oh yeah the the defense is gonna have a hard time with that one i think Um,
0: Right. And I I don't think Alabama has one of those laws about, I I, I don't know the the mechanics of, but there's a bunch, we know this, there's a bunch of laws that have been introduced and maybe even passed across the country country post-2017 that basically allow people to drive into protesters and say that that's fine legally, you can do that, you can just try to murder people, I guess, America. I don't think Alabama has one of those on the books, but that's something I've been hearing from the folks there, like, you know, the response to their concern over these attacks is, oh, well, y'all are in the road. Get out of the way. You know, you shouldn't be out there. Like, yeah, uh, I don't think that's – that warrants, you know, you running over someone's wife. I don't know. Maybe that's just me.
1: Yeah. That's what you get. Yankee liberal. Okay, <laughs> <laughs>
0: damn Yankee. I've, I've learned. I've been spent a lot of time in Alabama. I'm from Jersey, man. I get it.
1: Uh, okay. So what's happening next and what, uh, th- there's some, there's some trips going on and stuff like that. Tell us about that.
0: Yes. It's super exciting. Uh, they, so they, I guess it was maybe a trial balloon, uh, a handful of miners, I think it was about 14 miners from Brookwood and then local UNWA officials. They came up, uh, it was only a few weeks ago, um, I think earlier, later in June, they came up to New York City and they visited these three locations for these three different venture capital funds, chief among them BlackRock, who you know, who support Warrior Met, who fund Warrior Met, who have allowed Warrior Met to pay their executives millions of dollars while these folks are working six hours a day, twelve no, six days a week, 12 hours a day underground for like $22 an hour. So they went up there and they had, you know, a little protest. It got kind of rained out. It was it was really cold. It was weird for June in New York. But, um, you know, they they had local union members come out and rally with them. It was, it was really cool to see. And now, in later in July, on the 28th to be exact, they're coming back. They're coming back to Black Rock. And this time they're bringing their families. They're bringing a whole lot of their friends. Uh, I can say... I I chat with the UMWA press guy pretty often about all this stuff. It sounds like they've got at least six buses chartered full of striking minors and their families who are coming up to New York City to show up in front of BlackRock and be like, look, here's who you're hurting. Here's what you're doing. Here's what you're supporting. We're not going to lie here and take this. You know, they're asking for folks in New York and surrounding areas in the union world and just people who support them in general to come out and show their support. It should be a pretty big event. Like, I'm going up there again. I'm really excited, especially because this time the wives are coming. And, you know, I'm a little biased, I guess. But they have just been so incredible in the support networks they've built and the mutual aid uh, sort of effort they put together. The amount of work they put into getting the strike out there. Hayden Wright, who is, she's my girl. She's been doing tons of interviews. She's been kind of prodding her husband into doing interviews, really just getting the word out. And having those women up there, I think it's gonna just ramp things up to like a whole new level. You know, there is this long history of women lots of people of course but women specifically in the coal mining world who have shown up and shown out for the striking miners even if they weren't working the mines themselves they and their families are so closely tied to it that it was their fight too you know this 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 particular episode makes me think of um like in 1983 when we had the great arizona copper strike and the women's auxiliary there was super active those women went on a speaking tour across the country to bring attention to their plight, to what their bosses were doing, to what their folks were fighting for. And they went to New York and they went after Wall Street too. And so these women from Brookwood, Alabama, they're following in those footsteps. They're following in the footsteps of Mother Jones, who they love to invoke. You know, they're they're really bringing the fight to the front doors of these venture capitalists who are profiting off of their labor. And I can't wait to see it.
1: Yeah, it's, I, you know, it's one of the things that I love about being down here, like you keep saying that, you know, they've built these mutual aid networks, and they have, and they exist. And very, very few of them would ever use that terminology, you know, (laughs) like, it's, it's, it's just the way it is. And then when it swings into action, you have especially, you know, leftists from urban areas who see it. And they're like, you know y'all built this great network like nah we all just went to high school together you know <laughs> um, yeah
0: and there's those family ties and those church ties mm-hmm. and that you know there's nobody else around within five miles so we're friends kind of ties right, you know right. like, that's kind of place i grew up too i mean, it's they wouldn't call it aid, but it is i will say just personally it has been very surreal and very funny to hear some of these these older heads like the older dudes, like, yelling about hating socialism and all that. Ugh, communism. But then they go to their, you know, they pick up their strike check and they pick up their free groceries at their union rally, you know, while they're on strike for their labor union. But they right. hate socialism. But, like, do they hate socialism or do they hate what someone told them socialism is?
1: And right. I think, you know, set right. questions. That that's that's a that's a conversation I, I, I have a lot when people are like, you know, I, I, I these leftists and I'm like, dude, you just left the co-op and you're heading to the union meeting. <laughs> Whether <What are> you <laughs> realize that they're not, you you actually are a leftist. Yeah, um, like
0: we all hate the government, we all hate the boss, that you're halfway there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so what can people do to help?
0: Right. So they, speaking of the Strike Pantry, the mutual aid effort, they do collect donations for that. There's a Hayden Wright, at Hayden Wright on Twitter. She's been, she's the mastermind. She, obviously tons of people are involved and are, you know, it's definitely a community effort, but she's really good at social media and she's been kind of marshalling the effort online. You can find info on how to donate on her Twitter. And then the UMWA has set up an official strike fund that, you know, folks can donate there. And that goes into the to keep funding the strike, those strike checks. And then these folks, they're not getting, they're not getting rich off of these checks. It's like, I think about 600, $650 every two weeks, assuming that you put in your time in the picket line. And I think about 80%, if not more, of the workers here are parents. And I don't know, and school's coming up and there there's definitely an economic need there so if you have the ability to donate or just have the ability to signal boost and share that link around so people who do have the ability to donate can chip in it'll go a long way because man last time I was down there the ladies were showing me around their you know their hall like their storeroom for all the donations all the things they'd purchased for the strike uh, the strike pantry and they had a whole section devoted to school supplies because they're already planning for September if they need to. You know, they told me that they're already, you know, kinda of putting together plans to do a toy drive for Christmas. Like they expect this to be a very long haul. They're hoping it won't be because these folks just want to go back to work and make their money and live their lives. You know, being on strike isn't a walk in the park. Especially if, you know, most media in the world in the country isn't paying attention. Even the people that you would hope or expect. Like, I will tell you, this is what kind of kills me. I know for a fact that a lot of these folks are conservative or they consider themselves to be conservative or on the right right politically. And they they watch Fox News, they watch Tucker Carlson and all that. One of my girls sends me Sean Hannity videos all the times, bless her. And this is exactly the kind of story that, I mean, Tucker Carlson hopefully rots in hell as soon as possible. But this story of like these blue collar, American working men and women going up against these Wall Street elites you know that's exactly the kind of thing that his he and his fan base thrive on but their union and that's too much of a Kami pinko thing for them to even look at so it's completely ignored them even though like and all these republican politicians who love to trot out coal miners for photo ops and talk about how they're going to save their industry they're not showing up. They're not even sending tweets. They're not sending money. They're not doing a damn thing to help these people, a lot of whom voted for them. And it's like I I my heart really goes out to them because they kind of they're kind of backed in a corner. And it's it's interesting to be a labor reporter and to go to a place like this and kind of have to recalibrate the way that I understand and view like the the culture and like the political landscape because it's I definitely haven't been around that many Trump supporters since last time I was my grandma's for Christmas. So it's, it's been an adjustment, but, you know, these folks are still hurting and I think they, they
1: deserve our help. Right. And, and yeah, and that's what it is. It's such a it's a very common theme on on my channel because it, it boils down to a lot of rural people when it comes to economic policies they are left but they're socially conservative and the the right wing in the united states drags out you know the the symbol of the the bible and the flag and it motivates them and it 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 drives them and they end up voting against their own economic interest but in this case i haven't seen this is also an example of when the Democratic Party could, in mm-hmm. theory, reach out, you know, show up, give some support. And you don't see that either. Um,
0: I will say I did hear an anecdote from someone who was actually involved in Strike Fest. So he was he was pretty involved in all this. He told me that um, someone from Bernie Sanders's orbit had reached out and said, you know, the the senator wants to send she sends a pizza. She send can he send something to support and it sounds like they reached out to one of the local union officials and the guy was like, oh, we don't we don't want that down here. Like, we don't want Bernie to send oh, us anything.
1: Man.
0: And it's like, I OK, if you I get it conceptually, but like, bro, you really need all <laughs> the help you can get. My guy like it is like it's the but none of the other Democrats even tried. And it's like maybe they're afraid because it's you know fossil fuel related. Maybe they're afraid they wouldn't be welcome. Though I will say, um, more locally, the Alabama Democrats have uh, they've don't they've collected a whole lot of donations and donated a ton of stuff to the strike pantry. So on a more local level, I think there's those those divisions, partisan divisions, or whatever, are a little more fluid. But yeah, they're not going to get a congressional delegation. To Brookwood, even though it's only sixteen miles outside of Bessemer, and like half of Congress showed up there when Amazon is organizing. So it's mm-hmm. like, man, you, there's a golden opportunity here to show like a bunch of people who think you suck that that you actually care about them. But as per usual, the Democrats are whiffing it.
1: Right, right. In in, in this regard, uh, that they, they definitely are, and it's 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 sad, but it is what it is so your book is on pre-order now you said
0: it's the link comes out on thursday and i'm talking to you on wednesday so i can um i can send it to you i'm gonna put it all over the internet it's gonna um but i guess i can say it'll be out on simon and schuster's one signal imprint on april 26 2022 so just in time for may day (laughs) yeah i've got i mean i am still writing the damn thing but now there's a little more pressure (laughs)
1: right um so yeah definitely send it because we're gonna have to do the editing on this one so
0: oh that's right Sick. it'll be
1: live it'll be live oh, it'll be good
0: maybe maybe i should re that in a way that is that uh, uh that's probably fine
1: yeah it it'll be fine don't i don't <laughs> worry about it, it it's, it's a very informal channel there it's all right um yeah i've
0: got my like, well, I gotta make sure I got my ring light. I gotta make sure I have my sound bites ready. Like, I don't know, man. I spent half my life on Zoom trying to talk to people for the past year. <laughs> but yeah, this is much more fun than having to explain what, like, what a union is, or like, why we should actually care about people, even if they voted for some. <laughs> 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 oh man, I've gotten some of the wildest, like, commentary because so I've been doing all this work in Alabama. And there's so many conceptions about the deep South and about Alabama and like, sure, some of them are true. I'm not here to I'm not the Alabama whisperer, Mm -hmm. but I've learned a lot being there. And I've about the history and about the folks who are there now and the folks who are there now trying to make things better for themselves and their communities and for everyone. Like it's you write off the South, you write off rural areas at your peril, you know.
1: Right. And it's it. It happens there. There's so many misconceptions and stereotypes about this kind of stuff. And then people have like anecdotal things, you know, I, over the last two months or so, I've had three or four people They're like, you know, when I was traveling in the South, you know, they invited me to go to this organization, this meeting, and I'm like, okay and they're assuming that it's the clan and i'm like yeah oh, no. I'm, they, they were probably inviting you to a church group um if they were inviting uh-huh. you to the clan that says a whole lot about you because <laughs> 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 i've lived down here a long time and nobody's ever offered to, to take me. <laughs> um oh,
0: man it's wild <laughs> I've traveled a whole bunch because I used to tour with heavy metal bands. So I've kind of been everywhere in the country. And I used to tour specifically with southern heavy metal bands. So I got kind of a crash course in getting rid of some of those liberal Yankee ideas I might have had when I was younger. And I just wish more people could have that experience. If not touring with a heavy metal band, but like paying attention to other parts of the country that maybe you're not as familiar with. And being like, oh, they have people there. Right. Amazing. Who knew? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah okay so can you think of anything else anything that anybody needs to know information that they need to have
0: hmm. um but i mentioned hayden's twitter there have been oh um the valley labor report they're they're great they're based in alabama those guys have been on top of the strike since the beginning, they planned that Alabama Strike Fest that I know you took part in and your wonderful reader or watchers, viewers um, contributed a lot of support to. That was great. They've been they're really, really great. <laughs> they need uh, they deserve a ton of support for doing what they do where they do it and amplifying these worker struggles in the deep south. And they're a you know, talk radio show, so they're always fun to listen to. Yeah, keep an eye out for them and for their coverage. Um, UMWa is you know they're not as much fun, maybe message wise, as like me or Valley Labor Report, but they've got a lot of good info too. Yeah, it's funny how social media has become such a big you know information informational aspect of this strikes. I mean that's we've seen that happening a lot over the past few years, obviously, but. This is more of a, a Facebook crowd, but Twitter is where all the action is in terms of people paying attention. And I'm in a bunch of the miners' Facebook groups, and it's like a whole other world. But Twitter is a good place to keep an eye on the developments, I would say.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's one of those – Twitter is definitely a uh, a mixed bag because you can get information so much faster, but there's a lot of uh, other stuff that you have to <laughs> <laughs> sort through.
0: Dude, I will say coal miner Facebook is a trip. <laughs> 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 there's man, there's that's the thing. Like there's I'm a reporter and stuff, but I'm also very biased and very sympathetic. And like there's a bunch of stuff that I've seen that I could maybe report on. You know, there's these are coal miners. They're in the UMWA. There's a long history of fighting back against bullshit. And you know, they're not taking any of this lying down. But they're not driving trucks than anybody either so you know we'll just leave it at that
1: right right that that's that tends to be how it works it's it's normally defensive um yeah so
0: yeah just you know be smart keep some things off twitter i guess <laughs> right good rule of thumb like for life generally just yeah never tweet <laughs> but yeah so i guess yeah except as i say that i Vociferously, and I'm gonna keep following this. I should be focusing on my strike, uh, my strike, my book, but I'm doing that, but also following the strike because I'm so invested. And this is my, this is like my, my treat, you know, like doing all this writing stuff. And then I'm like, oh, what's going on with the strike? What can I put out there? This is like my fun thing. So, yeah, keep an eye on what's happening. Pay attention, you know. Have a little empathy. I feel like once they get back to work and get their contract set, finally. Then maybe we can tell them that coal isn't great. You can stop coming into my mentions and telling me the coal is bad. I know. It's not <laughs> You know, right. you don't need to tell me it's so weird. so much some of the quote tweets I've gotten are like, oh well, why are we supporting coal miners? They're destroying the planet. Like yeah, these specific people have they're specifically signed up to destroy the planet. That's what they want to do for themselves and their kids. They're not just taking the only decent job within a 50 mile radius that three generations of their family was part of that offers them a union and a, a decent living. no, they want to set the world on fire specifically out of here, you know what like, yeah. I hope I can say swear words on here because I've said a bunch uh
1: i i'm I think Carrie's probably gonna clean that up i like, I think it, when it gets edited, some of it will probably be bleeped out Leaps? or oh, or man, or, or just or it'll just be dead air i don't I don't know how it's gonna work. We'll <laughs> I was figure trying that not out not
0: to, but feel animated about these things uh, it's fine
1: it's fine you're, you're you're not offending me or anybody really so family um, friendly
0: show yeah <laughs> all right i think that's all i got you know keep an eye out and you know one day longer one day stronger
1: all right okay everybody so that's the show uh it's just a thought y'all uh y'all have a good day